right, we're, we're talking about modern family or healthy family today, and we've been doing that for, for a couple of weeks, and now we're going to talk about healthy parenting. So if you would join Rachel and I here at the table, and if you've got a Bible with you, open up your uh, scriptures to Proverbs 22.6. If you happen to have one of those Bibles we give away in the pews, it's page 559. You know, honey, oftentimes I find myself second guessing my ability to be a parent or my parenting skills. You know, there's some days where I just feel like I did a great job. And probably when you come home after dinner or come home for dinner, you're like, you can probably tell by the look on my face whether it's been a great day or it's been a really horrible day. It didn't take long and to figure it out for not sure. Not necessarily sometimes the way the kids have reacted, it's the way I've reacted to my kids is if I feel like it's it's been a good day or not, if I've really nailed it or not. And then there's other days where I just know I failed miserably. I have not put into practice biblical things. And I've looked to culture or modern family as for my parenting skills. And I've applied those instead of applying biblical parenting to um, the way I've handled my children that day. And um, But you know what? We, we sang a song a couple weeks ago in church that, that talked about if I stumble again— I'm caught in your grace. And you know, I'm 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 glad that when I stumble and fall, that God's grace is amazing. He lifts us back up. And you know why? Even my children are gracious to me when I have to go back to them and say, I didn't do it well today. Yeah. And I apologize to them for the mistakes I've made. They are probably a lot more gracious than I am to extend grace to me. Mm-hmm. And and you too are amazing. <laughs> Uh, grace is the reason we're in the kingdom at all. Uh, we we all second guess. I mean, uh, what we're doing. I mean, we're, we're all we're all weak and frail. Uh, I'm I'm weak and frail. You you see the be- the the best and the worst of me, and probably mostly uh, times uh, you see the worst more than you see the best. <laughs> and so I, I get into that. I I, I I I second guess what I'm doing as a parent, what I'm doing as a spouse. I second guess what I'm doing at work, what I'm leading in the ministry. It's just natural for us to be like that. And you know, I find I find questions kind of plaguing, plaguing me or just kind of hanging around. Am I helping those around me get where they need to get? Or am I more of a roadblock to them getting where they need to need to be? I, I, sometimes I'm, I am the roadblock and sometimes I'm a mess. What, what, you know, I ask myself, what, what, I have to ask myself sometimes, what, what does God teach us about being a parent? And sometimes I, I know right off the bat and sometimes I got to search and I got to dig to figure it out. Um, I ask myself the question, like if, if I would do, with my kids, what God deems as necessary as a parent, they would get much further down the road. Um, I know that. Uh, babe, one of the things we, we, we've discovered over time is some of the same things that apply to us just being natural parents and what we need to be there, they transfer into us leading and growing other people um, yeah. and in a lot of areas of life. If I'd use these same thoughts, it was not just, this is not just about parenting. This is about discipleship. It's about mentoring. If I would do these things in, in re- regards to those God's asked me to do life with, um, I'd help them get where they need to be. Uh, God's entrusted me to help other people grow and where he wants them to get to and he entrusted me to play a role. I'd be more effective, in, in not just in my home, I'd be more effective in the body of Christ. I'd be more effective in the world if I just do these things. Um, I found this quote, I was thinking about this just 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 last night, and, and it, it, the guy says, our goal is to raise kids who are not outwardly compliant, but inwardly they love Jesus. So, so Rachel, 
Where do we start? How do we start this process of, of figuring out a way to, to make them not just outwardly compliant kids, but inwardly loving Jesus kids? I think healthy parenting begins with the end in mind, not parenting in the moment, in the aggravation of what's going on or the discipline that needs to take place in the moment. It's remembering where we want our kids to be, um, especially after they leave our home or on down through life. Um, Proverbs 22, 6 says, direct your children onto the path. And when they're older, they won't, won't they will not leave. Um, thinking about the end in mind is what we want. We want our children to find the right path. Um, Psalm 23, 3 says that he guides me, that God guides me along paths and brings honor to his name. And that's what I want my my children to find mm-hmm. is they're they're allowing God to guide their path yeah, yeah. and so that God's name is honored True. and then on down in five and six it says surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life that's God's goodness and unfailing love yeah. pursuing us but you know what I, that's what I want for our children is for God's goodness and his unfailing love to pursue our children all the days of their life and then it says and I will live in the house of the Lord forever that's what I want for my children is for them to live in the house of the Lord forever that's good so what does God intend for the life of these or these want this one or these ones that he's entrusted us to nourish nourish and grow? Um, he intends for um, them to be steward well, stewarded well. Yeah. He in, d- intends for us to disciple and and steward the ones that he's entrusted us with. And, and the Bible tells us that our children are a gift from the Lord. They're a heritage yeah. of the Lord. They're a gift. They're given to us as a gift and so we should steward them as if they are a gift they're not really ours that's right i think sometimes that's hard for us as parents to remember is that they're not they're not ours and that when i look at the life of mary with jesus our we shouldn't really be any different than that she wasn't um she was yeah she was you know jesus's mother but she was just given she she gave birth to jesus and then she he was ultimately god's he god had a purpose and a plan for jesus and our kids aren't really any different than that of course they're not perfect and holy like jesus is but come live in our house right honey um (laughs) our kids definitely are not that but they have a purpose and a plan you know when jesus came to earth he had a purpose and a plan placed on his life our children. God has placed a purpose and a plan for them. And so I I think that we need to remember that because they're not ours, that we don't hold them in our hand with a closed tight fist, that we hold them in our hand because he gave them to us, but we hold our hand out openly so that they can be everything that God wants them to be. Our our job is to place a foundation that's strong enough underneath them yeah. so that they can be everything. But if we keep our hands so closed, yeah. they, will, they won't be what God wanted, wants for them to be. And I think that that's something that parents struggle with, too, is allowing God to, do, to design the path and yeah. not us as parents to design the path. I, think, I, I like the, that picture that clutched fist gives us. Or that open kind of cupped hand, where there's there's security for them around us, but they're 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 open, and we're able to to, to help them 
move around. We're not holding them close, so close that they can't be what they need to be. They're just, they're held. That, that's, that's beautiful. I, I had to laugh because when you started talking about our kids, it reminded me of a Priscilla Shire story where she was talking about how they were training their kids to, uh, uh, about, about Christmas is Jesus' birthday. That's when we celebrate Christmas. When they got up and they were given presents, uh, one of her sons said, Oh, mommy, am I Jesus? And of course, we've had to tell, we've had to explain to our kids, you know, that they're, they're not Jesus. We get to celebrate Jesus. And I, I assure you, the Heinz kids are not, are not Jesus. Um, and we have our own share of uh, difficulty and problems. But I, I want to talk about, I, Rachel, you're the inspirational piece of this puzzle. You're giving kind of the inspirational insight today and then the life experience. I'm kind of the, the teacher today. And, um, the word there, in, in scripture, it says, direct your children to the right path. Now, there's two words I want to kind of dig kind of deep into real quick and, and help people understand what, it, what it's talking about. Uh, the first word there is direct. And it says, direct your children. The word direct there is a Hebrew word. It's the word haynak. I know it doesn't mean anything to anybody because uh, most of us don't speak Hebrew. I probably didn't say it correctly. I didn't have enough phlegm in my throat. But it says, um, it means to dedicate or consecrate, to devote something. And it, has, it even has an idea of ritual commitment or, 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 or something to devote a structure to a deity or a special purpose. And so God's given us these little lives. They're being constructed in front of us. And our real job is not to make them what we want them to be. We're to, de- we're, to be- we're to devote the whole creation of them, the whole being that they are, to, to God for his special purpose. That, mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the point behind the word. Um, the other word there is the word path. And, and I want to kind of, it's the Hebrew word derek. Again, I'm not sure it means anything. The definition is what's most important. It means a way, a path, a road, a highway. It has to do with distance and journey. And there's a couple other things that kind of play in the manner, the conduct, the condition of the road, how we, how we navigate it, the manners we use as we're traveling down through it. But it leads us right to the point in Bicentenary where it takes us through those, through those ideas and it leads us to a place where it says destiny. Mm-hmm. And so for us as parents, we direct our children to God's purposes and we make sure they, they arrive at his destination for them. That's, that's, that's kind of, um, what the, what those two words mean. And so we, that, 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 that's the, the, that's the implication. That's the principle God gives us in scripture. And parenting begins with understanding that God has known them, our children and formed them for a purpose. And we get to help them discover his plan and walk and help them walk that out accordingly according to God's plan, like I said before, not our plan for their lives. Um, Psalm 139 says that that we were knit together in our our mother's womb. I, I love that thought yeah. that while I was carrying our children, yeah. God was forming them. That's he was beautiful. placing each, you know, he was giving them their brown eyes mm. and their dark curly hair. But not only was he giving them the, that those, those things of DNA for me, but he was placing inside them their their gifts and their talents already. Yeah. I that blows my That's mind. It's amazing to think about. And and then to then to think that my job as a parent is to help them discover that journey, yeah. help help them to, to to discover their destiny and then I get to help them walk that journey out. Yeah. And and then in Jeremiah 1 5 it says he knew us before we were even formed in our mother's womb. So even before they were starting to form, he knew yeah. them and he set them apart for a specific purpose. Yeah. He knit them in Psalm 139 because he knew them and from Jeremiah 1 5. Mm-hmm. And so that's, and we get to, we get to help them unpack what all that means. Uh, like unwrapping a gift. It's beautiful. It's very beautiful. Another, um, another step in healthy parenting that we want to discuss today 
is that it involves healthy interaction, healthy interaction with our children. In Ephesians 6, 4, um, the first part of that verse says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way that you treat them. You know, whenever, obviously, when I think of anger, I think of yelling and um, making them mad or, you know, that kind of thing. So I'll tell a little yelling story here. And um, this is really bad on me. And Aaron's probably sitting here laughing even inside himself right now because he's probably seen me do this a million times. But, uh, you know, our children, our boys will be upstairs playing with their Legos or their action figures or superheroes or whatever. And all of a sudden I hear them start yelling at each other. That's mine. No, I had that first. And my immediate reaction almost every time is to stomp up the stairs and, and I begin to yell. Why are you yelling at each other? I tell you not to yell, talk through the situation. And then immediately God points his finger at me and says, you know why they yell? It's because you are yelling. You are telling them not to yell while you're yelling at yeah. them. Crazy, I know, but I get it wrong. I told you, I don't get it right every day. But this this verse talks about what governs our life is going to govern their life. So if I'm a yeller, they're probably going to naturally be a yellow, yeah. yeller. And if I... if and if I look back in my past, my mom is a yeller and we've talked about this. So it's nothing my mom doesn't, hasn't already heard from yeah. me before. And she hates that she was a yeller, but it was passed down to me. And then I, hopefully I'm trying to break that cycle of passing it down to our children. But if, if we, if we, um, if we think that if we, um, are generous, then our children are going to be yeah. generous. Yeah, if we true. are greedy, if they see us holding on to yeah. things, hoarding things and not being generous with our time or our money, then that's what's going to come out in our children. Yeah, there's a dichotomy of that. Love or lust, truth or dishonesty, greed or generosity. We can do a whole list of things that are opposing and whatever. It's going to be what we say. It's going to be what we are. And that's going to be, that's going to be kind of, kind of transferred to them. Um, that's a good, that's a good thing. These words here in, in Ephesians 6, uh, again, we're going to kind of look at some, some deeper meanings here. It says fathers. So many of us right now would, would kind of count moms out of this equation. Uh, the word there is a Greek word, pater, and uh, we'll get a word paternal and all of that. Uh, one thing you need to know is many languages are, aren't, aren't, aren't like English. There's, there's masculinity attached to just the form of the word or femininity. And so oftentimes if you're just talking about a particular person, you'll attach, if they're masculine, you'll attach a, a, a masculine pronoun. If you're, they're feminine, you'll attach a feminine pronoun. But in most of them, if there's a collective, if there's more than one person there and they, 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 they are, there's more than one gender, the, the collective, the group of people all get this, get a masculine uh, connotation with them. And so what, what this word here, pater means, it means, it means a father or fathers, like, uh, like a possessive word with an apostrophe S or fathers plural, but it also, according to NASB, it can be just a term just for parents. Um, another, another dictionary I looked at said it, it, it has to do with fathers, natural fathers, or both parents. And so here's what I have to say about this. Uh, moms, this isn't just a word to, to, to dad, Rachel. This is not just about me. It's about you. Um, and, and it's talking to each of us here as parents, uh, what, how, how to, how to 
be a, be a good parent. And, and one definition I love of this is it says, one who has infused his own spirit into others. That's what a father is, a, a parent is, who, who actuates and governs their minds. And so, uh, boy, that, 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 that has a whole nother meaning than just being a, a, a donator of, of DNA. We're, we're talking about the, the very things that we are. We, 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 we infuse into our kids the very things that we, we get to actuate and, and, and help their minds think the thoughts that get them where they need to be. That's a powerful, powerful statement. Um, the other word in there says, don't provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. And so we're talking about healthy interaction here. The, 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 it's one word in provoke to anger in Greek that's written there that Paul wrote those words. And it really means um, any natural impulse, desire, or disposition. It, 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 literally, we get, we get our English word orgy from this same word. And so it's bigger than just anger issues. It, it, it's any natural impulse or desire or disposition. It came to signify anger because anger was seen by the Greeks as the strongest of all passions, but it's bigger than that. And, and so we have to look at that God's saying that that's about any natural impulse. It can be about greed, like Rachel said earlier. It can be uh, about honesty. It can be about truth. It, 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 we're, we're talking about the whole of, of the person and, and what we, by our interaction with our kids, uh, what we infuse into them. So you've given me a trans, your translation of Ephesians 4, and your translation says, parents do not instigate merely fleshly passions by the way you interact with your children. So our job is not just to um, give them in, in, um, fleshly passions, but we need to infuse them with godly passions. Yeah. So if we want them to be servants, yeah. then we need to serve. That's right. And that's what they see us yeah, doing. Great. If we want them to be givers yeah. with their money and with their time, yeah. then that's what they see us doing. Yeah. If if we don't want them yeah. to lie, right. then they don't see us doing that. Right. And I put the word merely in there on purpose because sometimes that's, that's all we instigate towards our kids. You know, they're... they're their athletic abilities mm-hmm. and we, we capitalize on just that, 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 that fleshly piece of things. And sometimes we tell them we want to spend time with them, but we'd rather earn extra money on our paycheck and we work tons and tons of overtime. And so we tell our kids one thing, but our, but our, the thing, the things we really are focused on are merely, uh, earthly passions. And so we, we say one thing to another. So it's, it's very important that we, we, we live what we say and don't, 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 don't just be merely fleshly people. Another point we wanted to make for healthy parenting is is that it requires discipline and instruction. Mm-hmm. Vision 6 says, Rather, do not bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. You know, when I, I read this verse, I think about how... Um, we don't really necessarily have a time that we sit around and we have a a, a purposeful devotion every night where mm-hmm. we bring out the Bible or we bring out our devotion book. That just really hasn't worked for us very well. Yeah. But we have tried to put into practice Deuteronomy 6, which says that that we talk about the Word of God as we come in, as we yeah. go, as we lay down, as we rise, that we make intentional moments we take intentional moments or and we make intentional moments to teach and train our children it's a lifestyle that's something you and i have tried to do is to capitalize on a moment whether it's it's we're sitting down watching tv and instead of maybe even turning the channel because it's something really bad 
we talk about why it's bad from scripture. Yeah, I like the way you said you said something the other day when we were talking at the house. You said you said about, about we create margin for that. Mm-hmm. And some of us live so crazy schedules. So there's no margin for us to have spiritual conversations with our kids because yeah. we're just trying to keep up with everything else. And there's got to be margin. I, I found a quote the other day. I thought it was awesome. It says, it's not a question of if you're, if if culture will influence your your kids, it's a question of if you'll be a part of the conversation. And so as we're talking about discipline and instruction and, and this idea of lifestyle, of, of, of allowing the word of God to be in, in, in our kids, we're talking about that margin and creating a space where we can have those kind of in, in, interactions. And so I, I think that was, I thought it was awesome, babe, the way, the way you said that. Um, again, we're going to look at, look at some words and, um, the teaching element here, the the word discipline there, it says bring them up with discipline and instruction, two different things. Discipline means training, education. It has a physical element to it. You train to do certain things. It has the idea of correction and chastisement. And there's, there's a piece of a definition I found that I thought was awesome. It says it, here it talks of training, gracious, and firm. Gracious brings salvation and employs means to give full possession of it. Uh, therefore, it says it, it, chastisement is a piece of it. This being a part of the training, whether by correcting words, reproving, or admonishing, or by chastening, which means the infliction of evils and calamities. So discipline is a pretty broad term. It has to do with training, uh, teaching our kids certain certain ways of doing things. It has to do with education, make sure they understand how something works. It has to do with physical training, uh, how they conduct their lives and the physical part of it. It has to do with correction. And chastisement. And I know that's not a popular term in our culture. Uh, it's not uh, something that's, it, it, it's not PC to actually uh, use chastisement. Um, but it's a godly, it's a godly term. The scripture tells if we don't, if we, if we don't, uh, if we spare the rod, we spoil the child. And in one place it says, if we don't, uh, if we don't discipline, we even hate our child is one thing the Proverbs says. And so there's a very, very uh, important element here, uh, that, that we allow either the natural influence of, of evil choices to have their way, or we, we are part of the process of letting them see that their their decisions have consequences and sometimes it's painful consequences and and uh, we don't do we, that that kind of chastisement is something that's daily in our house um it is always a last resort we're not we're not people who beat beat our kids uh in fact I can't even right now recall the last time I had to do that with either of our two girls no. now now with our boys <laughs> what were you going to say? I was just going to say, don't ask our children because they may think that they get beat all the time. <laughs> you know, it's just a matter of perception, I think. <laughs> uh, I, I, I would say the boys are a little more frequently, and there, there, there's still some things we're working out with them. And and but it, it, it's 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 not it's not always the first move to, to to exercise that. That's always a last. That's always a, a last resort to to get a point across. And so, um, make sure you're wise wise about that. Um, and, and instruction there, that word in Ephesians six four. Um, means this is the important part we have training education physical correction just the word instruction almost has exclusively to do with how what our words mean the conversation we talked about in that quote it has to do with encouragement with words it has to do with warnings it's the word nuthesia and it means training by word and it says whether of encouragement reproof or remonstrance vines so it means to admonish or exhort and i love I, I'm kind of a, an, an investigator. Uh, the word exhort, I don't use in my everyday life. So I, I look up in the dictionary what the word exhort means. And it comes from a Latin word. And it's it, it, a, a compound Latin word, actually. The word ex, which means thoroughly. Hortari, which means to encourage. And so part of our role as parents is to thoroughly encourage our children. 
And so that we have to be, we have to not only just provide correction and chastisement, we've got to be there to encourage. We don't just train, we give warnings about what's going to happen if they, if out of the training they choose not to do what we, what we've told them to do. And so there's, there's two things. It's, it's discipline, it's instruction, it's, it's training, it's, an, it's, it's encouragement. And too often we find, um, that we have a hard time balancing that. And so it's neither or it's both and. Yeah. It's not yeah. training without encouragement. It's not encouragement without training. Right. Now, if you look at our personalities, honey, you are probably the encourager and I am the trainer, correct? I'd say it's a fair assessment. Yes. <laughs> so for me to for me to live this scripture out. Mm-hmm. Like in its fullness, I need to probably lighten my my uh, load on the training and probably put more effort towards the encouraging. That just is my personality. I kind of lend towards the black and white, the yeah. you do this and do that. And yeah. um, I find myself um, falling short in the encouragement part of it. So I look, I purposefully look for ways to yeah. encourage my children because I know that that's where I'm weak. Yeah. And um, then there's other times where I really want to jump in there and train that I kind of hold myself back or I guess not train, but uh, maybe throw out some discipline. Yeah. I kind of hold myself back because I need to offer some grace in some areas. Yeah, and I'm pro- I would agree. I-, I probably am the one who's most uh, um, forgiving. Uh, maybe I-, I hate I hate the discipline side of it. I have to be really honest about that. I. I've, I've probably there have been times I've had to discipline my kids and I've cried as much as they have and uh, nobody looks really forward to that. Um, but I, I think um, I'm learning to do that. I know, I know you talked about it. You know what we are uh, will be transferred to our kids. I know one of the things that really compels me uh, to exercise a rod of correction. I guess would be the word I'd use is when when they dishonor um, you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have no problem at that moment when they've talked back or treated you uh, with with some sort of harsh way of disobedience or whatever that I, that I can go to action pretty quick on that. And this is true. and I, I I boy, it's nothing goes through me worse because you 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 take care of all of us so well, and and then all of a sudden they they have some kind of smart thing to say or whatever, and it, it really it's really frustrating. But I, I know I know one thing if. Uh, I want my girls to know what honor and respect look like and what they should what they should see in regards to a husband defending his wife. And I want my sons to know what kind of a high value to place on on the women God's put in, in their life and, and how they have to be that kind of a person. And so my hope is that that'll be transferred between me and them. And and, and I would say too, there there are days I probably I probably become lax on the discipline and the thing. I, I hate it. On one hand, I go, that's probably why God's called both of us together. On the same time, I can't allow you to carry the brunt of, tra- of training and correction and th- that we're in this thing together. And so I have to help with that. And at the same time, I can't be the only encourager that they have. And so you have to you have to walk into that. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> uh, I, um, I, I think that one way that sums up this whole scripture is something we've heard from Tony Evans and Josh McDowell several times over the mm-hmm. years probably is love without truth leads to rebellion and truth without love leads to rebellion. Yeah. Both lead to rebellion. That's why God's is explicit yeah. in that, in that verse. Yeah. And it says that we need to 
train and discipline to yeah. teach and encourage. Yeah. I think that um, w- we've seen it. You know, yeah. we've seen the, the heavy hand and the rebellion out of children because they only feel a heavy hand and not right. n- not just physically, but just with words and things like that. But we've also seen the parent who has been, oh, you can have this, you can do this, you can, you know, and there's no discipline or training. Yeah. And we've seen the child become rebellious and you know, I hope that we do a better job than that. <laughs> that I, I, don't. <laughs> I think of Jesus when I think of this, because the, the Bible tells us in the Old Testament that Moses came and brought us the law. And it was obvious the law wasn't working, that the people kept having the same problems over and over and over again. But then the first, the first chapter of John says this, the law came through Moses, but grace and truth mm-hmm. came through Jesus Christ. And so what we have to do as parents, if we're going to be, what we're really endeavoring to be is become Jesus to our kids. And so there has to be this element of grace that we offer forgiveness and compassion and all that. At the same time, we offer them the truth. Uh, you you got you to uh, expect certain things of us. There's certain requirements. And so if we bring those two ideas together, it goes a lot better for our kids. It goes a lot better for our families. And so any any overcompensation of either one of them leads to a bad spot. But to bring both of them into, into focus in our families uh, leads us to where we, where we need to be uh, with our kids. And so I think that's, those are great statements, babe. I think our job as parents to parent our children well is we need to help get them to the end in the end is Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, which most of our children can probably, I know all of our children, <laughs> honey, the first one they can, can recite this uh, verse. And it simply says, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well with you and you will have a long life on earth. Yeah, you know, I think our, our objective, we've got to keep this in mind, our objective is not the now. Mm-hmm. It's easy to respond with the frustration of a, of a current moment yeah. in a way that's not right. It's really easy to do that uh, and in a way that leads leads more to more harm. And so our objective is not now, it's the destination. And so each moment our kids have a, have, a, have an issue with it, they're, they're contending with, we have to see how is we have to ask ourselves what does God want us to do in this moment to get them to the destination? What does, what do they need to learn? How do they need to be encouraged to get them where they need to be? And so we we have to we have to cover that um, and, and help them get there. Um, the other part of it is it's not merely to just obey. I mean, it starts there in, in, in Ephesians six one, and you're right. Our, our, that was the very first memory verse our kids ever learned. They could quote it frontwards and backwards. Um, it goes. Obey your parents. It's the right thing to do. Then it says, honor your father and mother. So the point is not the obedience. The point is, is, is the honor facet of that. And so we have to teach them uh, and help them grow to honor God. Then we teach them to honor and value life. Mm-hmm. We got to teach them to honor and value scripture. We got to teach them to honor and value people. They won't have a problem with authority figures in life if they've learned this idea of honor, honor to God and all of that. Those become natural. Obedience becomes natural at that point. And so teach them to honor and, and, uh, and value their spouse. That's part of the deal. And so the reason that their life would go well and that they'd be all that God wants them to be. Um, and they would live out what God wants them to, to live out. Right. We, I mean, we want all four of our children. I think we're on the same page about that. Yeah. Is that we want them to to live a full life before God. That we want yeah. them to 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 fulfill every plan and purpose that He has for them right now as five year olds, yeah. and as 50, almost fifteen year olds, and and as adults, as as seventy nine year olds. Hopefully, that they are still walking out yeah. the plan and path that God has yeah. for them. And um. 
guess it leads us to the the end and we we want to to remind you that you as we parent we want to parent with the end in mind can, can i say something about this this idea of i know there's a let's see if like there's a promise there that if you remember that things will go well for you and you'll live a long life on the earth um i just feel i, I felt the need to say this initially when we started this I don't. I don't believe God. God's saying that all of us are guaranteed a certain amount of days. What He's saying is, we will fulfill what He's called us to be if we live with this idea of honoring unto Him, honoring to the parents God's given us, and we learn to walk that out. My hope for my kids is not that they live eighty-five years in safety and security. My hope is whatever days God's given them, He lives them for His glory, and He fulfills. His purpose for creating them at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, my, one of my favorite pieces of scripture is found in Acts. And I think it's around uh, maybe Acts 20. Uh, it, it says that, that about David, it says, when he had finished his purpose in his generation, he rested with his fathers. Mm-hmm. That being said, it, it's very possible that some of my kids may make it to heaven before I do. I have to be okay with that if they fulfilled God's purpose for them. We have a child right now who has every intention of being a missionary. And if we let let them go right now, they would go to live in a third world country. That automatically puts them in harm's way. I don't intend for them to be safe. I intend them to be in the hands of Jesus. I don't intend them to be safe physically. I intend for them to be right where Jesus wants them to be. And that's a very difficult thing for me to say as a, as a human being, as a, as a parent. It's an exciting thing for me to say as a follower of Jesus because that's exactly where I want to be. And, and, and so I, your job as a parent is to make sure that they get where God intends them to be. No matter how many days of life that means, no matter how many, how many short of days that, that leads them to, if we put them where God wants them, it all, it, it, it will be, we're parenting with the end in mind. I would say that, you know, not always is the path and the direct, if, if we're walking on God's path, that doesn't always, a lot of times our mind goes to right to full-time ministry, to missionary work, Correct. to evangelism or, yeah. or whatever. But our, it's, it's what God has designed them to be. I know of a student who's in college right now hoping to be a dentist one day. That's yeah. because God has placed that desire right. in their heart. They are following after what God wants yeah. for them. And you know what? They can use that dentistry yes. to reach the lives of many people. Yeah. As long as they're doing what God called them to do and then use it for His glory, that's, right. that's where I want my children to be. Amen. You know, I, got to, I have to ask the question. Is In regard to that, then are you interacting with your children in a healthy manner? Are you really provoking them to anger or to all this other list of things we talked about? Are you, are you provoking the way you interact with your kids? Is it, is it instigating desire to fulfill God's purpose or is it instigating the desire for money or for whatever? And, and so how are you interacting? What, what, what is it about your interaction with your kids that's provoking them? And how is it provoking them? Is it provoking them to good things? Is it provoking them to bad things? That's all that we all have to ask that question is, is, is how is my interaction with my kids? What's it doing? What kind of effect is the interaction I have with them? having on their lives. And we also need to ask if just take, ask God to, to light up those areas where we're not mm-hmm. being strong in. Are we a both and parent? Are we disciplining mm-hmm. and instruct, instructing? I would, I'd venture to say most of us are stronger in one and weaker in the other. And do, we just need to ask God to show us when it's a time to encourage or yeah. when it's a time to show grace or when it's a time to be the heavy hand and be the discipline. Yeah. 
remembering that all of that, when we instruct, when we encourage, when we discipline and teach, it all goes back to scripture and we're doing it out of a script from a scriptural standpoint, because if we're not, we're not really teaching our children anything. It's the only thing that lasts. Yeah. The scripture, everything else fades away. You know, what's exciting about that though, is if we apply these really simple things we've talked about, we will change a home. Mm -hmm. We could change our church. We could change our community. We could change the world by just taking the the lives God's entrusted us to grow and nurture and applying these really simple things, living with the end in mind, how we're interacting with them and being both and parent, we can change the whole world. That's it's, it's, it's an amazing moment. You know, I, I, we talked about this the the, the morning we, we, we spoke that, um, that we just have to surrender to God's way of doing things. Mm -hmm. And I don't normally pray a, a recited prayer over people, but I, I feel like just the way we ended the, the service, we should, we should end that, that way. And if you're a parent today who's struggling with your, whether you're a healthy parent or not, whether you're leading your, guiding your parent, your kids to where they need to be, or whether you're, maybe you're provoking them into things that just don't matter and you can't balance things out. I think this prayer will be something that if you, if you just listen and, and receive it, it, it would be something God would lead you into and, and all that. A pastor named Scotty Smith wrote this, and I just thought we'd share it. He uses a scripture from Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It's in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest. Some of our parenting ends up like that. Eating the bread of anxious toil. Listen to these words to you. He gives his love. He gives his beloved sleep. Behold, children are the heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. I just received this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, how healing and freeing this scripture is. It indeed is liberating joy to address you today as the architect and the builder of your own house, including the household of faith and our children's place in your family. As I look back over the years of my pragmatic parenting, I'm saddened, but I'm also gladdened for you've always been faithful to your covenant love. Even when I was overbearing and underbelieving, the move from parenting by grit to parenting by grace was a slow, contested, but freeing journey. Take me further up and farther in, even now as a grandparent. You've rescued me from parental laboring in vain, assuming a burden you never intended parents to bear. Father, only you can reveal the glory and the grace of Jesus to our children. Only you can give anyone a new heart, even me. You've been called us to a parent as an act of worship, to parent as unto you, not as a way of saving face or fixing our kids, making a name for ourselves or proving our worthiness of your love. Oh, the arrogant pride of thinking that by our good parenting, We can take credit for what you alone have graciously done in the lives of our children. Oh, the arrogant unbelief of assuming that by our bad parenting, we've forever limited what you will be able to accomplish in the future. Oh, the undue pressure our children must feel when we parent more out of fear and pride than by love and grace. More from a Christian subculture agenda than from from the gospel of your kingdom. Since our children and our grandchildren are your inheritance, Father, teach us, teach me how to care for them as humble stewards, not as anxious owners, as loving servants, not rigid overlords, as co-broken sinners, not as co-dependent parents. More than anything else, 
Show us how to parent and grandparent in a way that best reveals the unsearchable riches of Jesus in the gospel. Father, give us quick repentances and observable kindnesses before our children. Convict me quickly and surely when we don't relate to our kids or anyone else in line with the truth of the gospel. So we say amen in Jesus' merciful and mighty name. I hope you find today that those words are true. And maybe you need to go back and recite that prayer to yourself in, in your daily devotion time. I, I, I think there's something to be said here, babe, that what we talked about parenting isn't just about parenting. It's about mentoring. It's mm-hmm. about discipling. It's about being that, that helper of somebody at work, that kid in the neighborhood. That these things, if we live with these things, with the, all those kinds of interactions, we would not just pa- parent kids well. We disciple people well. Yeah. We disciple, we'd encourage people well. I think that's a good, that's a good place for, for us to consider. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this and, uh, uh, appreciate your guys' patience as we get this back up on, on, on our podcast, on our, on our uh, website. So, um, learn to be a healthy parent. Follow God's scriptures. Thanks for joining us today. Mm-hmm.